everyone, welcome to the Raising Dakota podcast with me, your host, Courtney. And if you're a special needs parent, you're in the right place. So I hope you can sit back, relax, feel inspired, and always, always remember you're so much stronger than you could ever imagine. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in and welcome back to the Raising Dakota podcast. I hope that you were able to check out and enjoy last week's episode where I shared Dakota's birth. This week I am going to start going into our NICU journey. Our NICU journey will probably be a couple episodes long just because I want to share some of our experiences and some of the things we learned. And I want to start that out by sharing some of my own personal mental health struggles that I had during Dakota's NICU stay. I originally did not intend to talk about my own mental health a lot because, honestly, it's not something I talk about a lot. I personally feel like it makes me feel weak, which is why I don't like to talk about it because it is a struggle and I look at it as a weakness. But I realize I'm not the only person who has these struggles And I think by sharing my experience could probably help somebody else as well as I've realized just by doing this podcast, it's helped my mental health a lot by sharing our experiences and just talking about it. It's really helped me. And I think that if I include my mental health, especially during our NICU stay, which is where I struggled the most, and I think it'll be very beneficial to my own personal mental health, which is why I want to share it because like I've shared multiple times, Dakota's NICU stay, we had awareness. We knew it was going to be happening, but there's still some things you can never be prepared for. You could try to mentally prepare as much as possible, but any hospital stay is mentally, physically, and emotionally draining and exhausting. And it's easy to try and be prepared, but it is such a roller coaster that you have no idea what's going to happen next. It's just so much unknown and so much out of your control that it is almost impossible to be fully prepared for what is going to happen. So with Dakota's NICU stay, he was in the hospital for 52 days and I would go to the hospital at 7 o'clock in the morning and stay until 10 o'clock at night for the whole entire NICU stay. I wanted to be there for morning rounds. And I also wanted to be there for night rounds as well. So that way I was able to get all of the information. Rounds are when the team of doctors who are caring for that child come to each of the bed spots and go over the last 12 hours because they round every 12 hours. So they discuss what has happened over the last 12 hours. And then they also talk about next steps or what to do next or any new information that they want to provide. So it's just kind of a recap and a idea of what we're going to do next for each child. One thing I recommend for any parents who have children in the NICU is that if you don't hear from the doctor every day, just to call and check in. I understand that not everybody has the luxury of being off and being able to afford to go back and forth to the hospital like we did. But I just know from personal experience that being involved and being present and present doesn't mean physically there. It means you are present as in you're making phone calls, you're talking to doctors is very beneficial to your child's care that they received as well as your knowledge of what's going on with your child. I am thankful I was off for a solid three months. So those two months I was able to be 
at the NICU from the time I woke up until the time I went to bed. But I will say it is very exhausting. It is mentally and physically and emotionally exhausting and draining on everybody involved. I still remember every time I would leave the NICU at 10 o'clock or whatever time I would leave, I would cry because I hated the thought of leaving Dakota in the NICU and I personally could not leave until he was asleep. I just didn't like the idea of him still being awake and me walking out. It just never sat well with me. We thankfully live 30 minutes from the children's hospital where Dakota's NICU stay was and it's still the hospital we use for all of Dakota's specialists that he sees and pediatrician. But because of that, we didn't qualify for Ronald McDonald House, so I would leave most nights. There was a couple nights that I did stay just because Dakota was struggling and I just couldn't leave him. But for the most part, we would drive home every night and that 30-minute drive home was hard every night. It never got any easier because no matter what, leaving the hospital without your child it's just difficult and that's an emotion you really just have no control over. For me personally, the first week of Dakota's NICU stay was probably the hardest. It's a toss up between that week and the week we changed formulas, but the first week my anxiety and my hormones were all over the place and we would drive home and I would struggle to fall asleep and I would wake up before my alarm went off. I was getting very little sleep and the little bit of sleep I was getting, I was waking up in the middle of the night and searching through our bed and looking at Curtis and just saying, where's Dakota? Panicking and freaking out and it still gives me anxiety to this day and I still can picture it and feel all of those emotions because it's just not something you can ever fully prepare for but that was the hardest part and Curtis just kind of looking at me confused and being like are you serious he's in the hospital and then I would have to try and calm myself back down and go to sleep that first week was was definitely the hardest of trying to get into that routine of leaving Dakota and coming home and sleeping and my emotions were everywhere I will say from there that part of it did get a little bit easier but I still wasn't going home with Dakota, so I still had a lot of struggles. I struggled with just shutting my mind off every night and just telling myself it was going to be okay, everything's going to work out, and that is one recommendation that I do have, even though in the moment I know it's hard, just making sure you're taking care of yourself, you're getting enough sleep, because it is so exhausting and so mentally draining, and it takes a toll on your mind and your body so making sure you're taking care of yourself so that way you can better take care of your child and even if you struggle with mental health it doesn't mean you're failing it doesn't mean you're weak and I know those are also some of the things I struggled with because in the moment me being so emotional and so upset and feeling like I had no control on what was going on made it hard for me to feel like I was doing the best I can so I feel I was probably overcompensating in some areas by trying to be at the hospital and trying to be as involved as possible but there are things that occur in the NICU that you don't have control over and if you're not taking care of yourself it can make those situations that are out of your control 
a little bit harder to handle or to deal with. I know for me personally, that first week was a lot to handle and to deal with. There was a lot of emotions and lack of sleep did not help those emotions. And there's also a lot of people who want to see you. I had doctors, residents, fellows, nursing staff, aides, um, child life, social workers, lactation consultant, parent advocates, just so many people in the hospital who just want to touch base with you and tell you, hey, you have a support system. We're here to help you reach out if you need us. But I was just so exhausted and so overwhelmed with information that I didn't fully grasp what everybody was sharing with me. But I'm thankful we had a really sweet nurse who, if people would stop when I wasn't there, she would just ask for the information and ask them to leave it and would have them call me when I was ready to talk to them because she could see, I mean, the first 24 hours, I had so many people stopping by and asking questions that she could see I was overwhelmed and also just exhausted. And they saw me at the hospital all day, every day. But I want to say that is one piece of advice that I share with other people because I didn't know the benefit at the time, but now looking back, I definitely see the benefit of getting the information from those people and calling them when I was ready to talk to them because of the fact that they did have good information that I needed to hear and I wanted to know. But all at once was just a little too overwhelming for me. The other nice thing that our hospital did was that they kind of created this binder of what to expect and different contact information for different departments and areas in the hospital to help parents and just different resources. So you aren't provided those resources up front that you ask for them. And maybe not in the first 24 hours, but just making sure you are getting all of the resources available to you. Our children's hospital has a family resource center and they have so many resources that I think is very valuable for parents to look into and to know that it's available to them as well as other resources like child life, parent advocates, and social workers. They just have extra information and I feel like not everybody is informed, which like I shared for me was very overwhelming in the first 24 hours, but I'm thankful that I had that information. With the lack of sleep, it did make it a little bit hard to understand everything. But we knew we had time to figure all of that out with Dakota because we knew he was going to be there for a while. But taking care of yourself definitely impacts the care that you provide. And I saw that firsthand on a couple other occasions. A couple weeks into Dakota's NICU stay, he had finally had a bowel movement, which we had been waiting on since his intestinal surgery so that meant he was able to eat and I knew that we were going to be starting to feed him and doing different things with him to get him eating because he was a couple weeks old at this point and hadn't ate anything but this is where not taking care of myself kind of impacted my emotions because we had talked about starting feeding him and they had started offering him some bottles so they were teaching me all of those techniques and he was doing really well but he was not eating a lot and so we had talked about next steps might be trying to place a feeding tube just a ng which goes through your nose and into your stomach and just to give him his nutrition to make sure he's getting enough to gain weight and we had talked about it they talked about it on rounds and when i came in the next day 
I had missed rounds, but when I had got to the hospital, they had already started NG tube feeds. As I was coming up to the NICU, I was on the elevator. I was actually getting a call from Children's, but I was like, well, I'm literally about to walk in. I'll talk to them when I get in here. They're probably just telling me what they talked about this morning. And when I got there and Dakota was on a feeding pump, I just started crying. I could not control it. I was bawling. And the doctor, because of where Dakota's pod was at, he saw me walk in and was able to come over and talk to me immediately. But he just asked me, why are you crying? And I said, I don't know. I had no control over it. It was a change and it wasn't what I was used to seeing. And so I told him, I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm not frustrated. I just, I'm just crying because there's a change and I wasn't prepared for it. And that's when he told me I was calling you to tell you about it because I didn't want you to be shocked because you are normally here for rounds. But by the time he had called me, they had already set it up because he had finished his other rounds before he had got a chance to call me. It was just a change that I was not prepared for. And that is one of the biggest struggles of being in the NICU is that there are a lot of changes that are going to happen. So that is why it is important to make sure you're taking care of your own self and your own mental health. Because for me personally, I felt powerless in the NICU. I felt like I had no control. Yes, you sign consents, you talk, you help make decisions, but you feel powerless when it comes to your child's care because they do make changes and decisions that your child needs, like feeding him. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. I was excited. He was getting more nutrition, which meant he was going to gain weight, which meant he was going to get off TPN and lipids and fluids and all of the other IV cables that he had. But it was just different, and I didn't have control over it. And that is one of the biggest struggles. For me, the lack of sleep just made me a lot more emotional. And now, to this day, I say that Dakota's broke me, which I kind of think he has because it takes a lot for me to cry now. But I also think that I understand my emotions a lot more than when we were in the NICU. There were a lot of changes that were out of my control, which made me feel powerless. And for me personally, that made me feel like a failure as a mom. Even though I knew I was doing the best I could for Dakota and I was helping him the best that I possibly could, it still did not help that I had to leave him there and that I wasn't the one making the ultimate decisions for him. Even though I really didn't have a lot of big issues with his care team, it still was hard. And that was something that I feel like I never got over in the NICU. So it caused me a lot of anxiety and depression. It's just that feeling of feeling powerless. Because I have to say, as a special needs parent, you tend to feel powerless or like you're not in control a lot of the time because you have to get expert opinions on certain things that happen with your child. But when I look back at it and I think about it, especially closer to the end of our NICU stay, I realized the NICU is where I learned a lot of my parent advocating. And I still struggle with the fact that I do have to ask medical experts for help. I have to ask other people for help because that's honestly just not who I am as a person. I don't like to ask for help because I think that I can handle it on my own or me and my husband can handle it together and we we don't need help. I just personally don't like asking for help 
And while that's my own struggle, I feel like there's a lot of people who feel the same way. But it's also important to know that not asking for help when you need it can really affect you, yourself, your child, and your family. And I'm learning that more and more every single day. So this is just a friendly reminder for you as well as myself that in those moments where we feel we have no control or feel powerless that we're not failing we are so strong we are amazing and we are doing the best that we can we're just living a unique life that not everybody understands and not everybody has to experience so you just have to keep pushing through and doing the best you can because even though it feels like you're failing you're not you are doing an amazing job so with next week's episode i plan to share some of the parent advocating tips and skills that I learned based on experiences as well as some communication skills that I learned from some crucial conversations we had during our NICU stay. With all of that being said, I look forward to sharing that with you next week. Thank you all so much for the support and I look forward to chatting with you next time on the Raising Dakota podcast.